Miranda skips lunch and she said she had a really big breakfast. A Breakfast Club episode. Amy, who is played by Haley Duff. Steven Tyler as Santa Claus. She's the girl who makes me hurl. Hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hillary Duff. And right now, I am welcoming back one of my favorite guests on Deaf Enough from the Throwback Podcast, All That and a Bottle of Wine. It's Lauren Goldberger. Hey, Lauren. Welcome back to Deaf Enough. Hi. I'm so glad to be back. Yes, so excited. And Lauren, it's time for Let's Talk Lizzie. You have some really great episodes to talk about. Yes, I'm so excited. One of them is one of my favorites. Throw on some low-rise jeans and toss in that butterfly hair clip. It's time for Let's Talk Lizzie. So we're going to be talking episodes 16 through 20 of season two. And the first one here is called Inner Beauty. It premiered on August 30th, 2002, which I loved on the Hilary Duff episode of All That and a Bottle of Wine. I love how you kind of described it. You were like, Miranda has an eating disorder for a week. And (laughs) it's so true. (laughs) This is super memorable. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorites. So I'm glad I get to talk about it. Yay. Okay. Well, jumping in here. So on Disney Plus, they have replaced some of the iconic music from the show. And if you have seen the original episode, how it aired, they have a song called Us Against the World by a group called Play. And that song was actually on the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack. You remember that song, right? Okay, not only do I remember the song, but Play is one of my favorite girl groups. I still will listen to them because I think they're so great. Oh my goodness, yes. Okay. Well, they danced to this, and when the episode starts, there's this great little moment where they're practicing their dance moves, and Lizzie's like, no, 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 no. It's Britney, Britney, Janet, then J-Lo. Yes. Do these moves actually have anything to do with those artists? And I don't think they do. No, absolutely not. But it's such a good line. And you know what? They are really like pretty good dancers. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Now, they are rehearsing for Gordo's music video because we know Gordo is the next Spielberg. They're at Lizzie's house and Gordo brings food into the room and he makes a comment where he says, you two eat a lot because Lizzie and Miranda, you know, they're like, kind of stuff in their face after they're rehearsing. I mean, you know, they're hungry. They're hungry. And you really see that that comment has a lot of impact on Miranda in this episode later, which, you know, right then and there's like, ooh, maybe we should be careful about what we say and that sort of thing. But anyway, touching on Matt's storyline here, because it does come in right at the beginning. In this episode, Matt is the next Picasso, basically, and he's an artist. And he does a portrait of of Lizzie and he's like I call this one girl who makes me hurl and then her comeback is I call this one brother who's about to run for his life and so so Lizzie chases Matt out of the house at that point fast forward to the next day at school and Gordo is showing Lizzie and Miranda photos he took of them and Miranda is like shocked and mortified she's saying she has six chins big arms and Lizzie and Gordo are super confused But she makes a comment about how she's not tiny or gorgeous like girls in music videos, you know, magazine covers. And Animated Lizzie says, oh, doesn't she know that that's all airbrushed or whatever? So I don't know, Lauren, how do you feel about, you know, kids being influenced by magazines, especially back when we were like in middle school? 
I really related to Miranda. Um, even now, I can look at a photo of myself and see the, all of those things she was complaining about, even though it's not true, but that's what you see. So I really related to Miranda in that moment. I think it was awesome that they had that because I'm sure a lot of girls feel that way. So I thought that was great. No, yeah, for sure. And even though we kind of joke about how like, oh, she has an eating disorder for a week or whatever. I mean, it's still, this is important in a really impactful episode, I feel like. Oh, for sure. I think it's just watching it back when I'm older. Like when I was a kid and I watched this episode, I just remember feeling like, oh my God, like Miranda was so sick. Like, oh my God. But I mean, to be fair, I think she skipped like two meals. So like the sentiment <laughs> is still very strong. And I mean, obviously they have to wrap it up in like a 22 minute episode. But I mean, it it's just kind of humorous the way they handled it. For sure. For sure. Fast forwarding to lunch here. Miranda has a paper fortune. Did you have those in like middle school? Oh, I loved those. And I loved this scene too. It's funny because every time Lizzie is like picking her, I don't remember what she was picking, uh, but whenever she gets her fortune told, the fortune is always the same that it's, she will marry Ethan Kraft. And it's so funny because they both get so excited about it. And Gordo is just like, oh, that's not real. Like, what are you guys doing? It's so stupid. But I loved how excited Lizzie got every time. Um, but it's also the scene where Miranda skips lunch and she said she had a really big breakfast, which comes into play later in the episode. And Lizzie is, of course, worried about her because, you know, she doesn't want her to skip lunch. And she's starting to realize that, like, oh, she was on a diet. And Gordo is like, what kind of diet is she on? You know, it's just like that. It's the realization moment for all of them that, like, oh, she's not eating maybe because she's on a diet. We are setting the story in motion. So we see the conflict. How are we going to resolve it? The next scene we see Lizzie and Miranda in and Gordo. It's back at Lizzie's house. It's a dance rehearsal. Miranda wants to keep going. And she's like, we need to do it one more time, Lizzie. And Lizzie wants to rest. But they do it one more time. And then Miranda gets lightheaded. And she like falls down and almost passes out. And it's like, Miranda. And the dramatic music comes in. And she says that she had a really big lunch, even though she didn't. So she lies to Mrs. McGuire, which is just uh, so bad. And now Lizzie is like the worried and Gordo too. There's a scene where Lizzie and Gordo are kind of talking about uh, the situation Gordo says, you know, magazines tell girls they have to be thinner, boys have to be muscular, and Miranda's buying into it. So here we are with Gordo and his philosophy, as always, but he is not really comfortable talking to Miranda about this. And so Lizzie says she's going to talk to her, and they're going to go shopping, and that's when we see Miranda's word search uh Sure, which it's so good. Where did she get that? Who knows? And I, I was trying to figure out like what words were circled. I couldn't figure mm, it. Yeah, I didn't even, I should have paused it to look for that. Now, when they're shopping, though, Miranda says, you know, she wishes she had a better body to wear the clothes. And it's just like, my goodness, Miranda. And at that point, animated Lizzie is questioning, like, what is Miranda seeing? And so Lizzie confronts Miranda about her diet and about what's going on. Miranda thinks that she's overreacting. And she tells her, like, I'm Audi, which <laughs> what else do you say when you're about to leave? So they said that all the time. Yeah. I loved that. 
Jumping over to Matt's storyline here, like I said, he's the Picasso now, and he's bringing all these big art projects into the house, and the parents are trying to be super encouraging because his school has called, and they said he's doing great with art, but he's brought all this junk into their home. I thought it was funny. You know what it made me think of? It made me think of Maggie from Younger at this point. So Yes. Tying all of Hillary's um, shows together, but back over to the Lizzie storyline. Lizzie has a talk with Joe about Miranda, and I thought it was super cute how she was like, I have a friend who's feeling this way, and Joe thinks she's talking about herself, but it's, yeah. it really is her friend. And Joe ends up telling her, you know, if things don't change with Miranda, she'll she'll talk to her and her mom, and it'll be fine. But thankfully, things do kind of uh, get better, and the day of the video shoot, Gordo actually apologizes for his food comment because there was a point where... Miranda did kind of call him out for that. And she was like, you said we eat too much. And Lizzie apologizes about the mall, but says, you know, she did it because she cares about Miranda and she's scared of what's going on. And then Miranda kind of confesses everything. And she's like, there's everything feels out of control. And eating is the one thing that she felt like she had control over. And it's very dramatic, but I wrote down the dramatic but good question mark because I thought it was a really good moment. Yeah, I thought it was a great moment. It was the right like way to discuss those issues with a young like middle school crowd of people watching this, obviously. So I think it was good. I think it was a good moment. They say that they're going to be there for each other when stuff like this happens. And, you know, Miranda's like, thanks, guys. And it was really sweet where she's like, guys, thanks. And uh, and that's kind of how uh, our whole eating disorder storyline is solved there in 20 minutes, of course. Really powerful stuff, honestly. Yeah. And then they watch the music video. Yes, they do. It's such a good video. And Miranda loves the way she looks. And you know what? I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sure that you have. But watching these episodes, I remember like the little sound bites and clips they would put in the commercials. I remember them having a specific commercial and having her like Miranda eating the popcorn, like pressing play on the remote to like watch it again, all excited. Like I remember that on the Disney Channel commercials. Gotcha. A little more about the music video here that I wrote down. You know, it starts and they're in detention. And that's actually what it's called when we see like the credits there at the end, the fake credits. And it's uh, Rosman Records is what it says. And that's actually a note to the director, Mark Rosman. And Gordo is David Gordon is the director, of course. And uh, yeah, so it's a random teacher in this video. Lizzie and Miranda are in detention, but then they start playing some music and it is us against the world, even though that's not what you hear on Disney+. And then Hillary does some flips down a hallway, which we love when Hillary does her own stunts. It's great. Is that really her doing that? I thought it was a stunt double. No, yeah. And that's like how she got her, uh, like in her audition, she did backflips and stuff. And that's uh, something that appealed to them as far as casting her. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Even a few years ago, um, she did a whole Instagram post where she did a bunch of backflips in her backyard and she was like, still got it. And just the editing of the music video I thought was great where we see double Lizzie and double Miranda and double the random teacher. Yeah. And Miranda says at the end that she looks amazing. And so everything is back to normal. It's all good. To finish up Matt's storyline, he winds up painting Sam's car and... The parents at this point really can't be as supportive, but the mom says something about how you can't see the dent anymore. Also, there's a part where he's uh, like 
splattering paint and it gets all over Lanny. And I thought that was fun too. And like you see the paint splatter on the the camera. So it's like coming at you on the screen. So yeah, overall thoughts on this episode. I think the message is pretty clear here. The title is Inner Beauty. And so that's kind of what we get from this is like, we're not going to um, succumb to uh, the societal uh, pressure of, uh, you know, trying to be thin, trying to look a certain way, do a certain thing, even though like it is super relatable. Even now as an adult, it's like I take a picture of myself and I'm my worst critic, just like Miranda. So back then, Hillary Duff wasn't super skinny, you know, like she went through a phase where she was like weirdly skinny when she was older. But when she was, mm-hmm. oh, she was like normal size, like she just looked like. A regular girl. For sure. I think like Lizzie, even like Raven, they were all great like role models as far as just looking the the normal way. So, well, our next episode here is called Moving On Up and it premiered September 13th, 2002. And this episode is about Gordo going to high school. It starts out though with them celebrating being in eighth grade, which there's actually an episode, I think it's the one where the lookalike, the girl tries to look like Lizzie, just like Lizzie is the name of it. And there's a line where Lizzie's like, eighth grade rocks. They love eighth grade. And they're talking about how different eighth grade is. And we even see a moment where Miranda's talking about, you know, last year we were worried about yearbook photos and we get a picture, a little throwback shot of the unicorn sweater. At the start here, Gordo is called to the principal's office, which apparently is just this big scandal of a situation because they are shocked. Why would Gordo be called to the principal's office? I mean, you know, he's a good student, so I can understand that. Lauren, did you ever get called to the principal's office? Did you ever have to go? Not once. Oh, wow. That's good. No, I I definitely did. Not too many times, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, it turns out that he had the opportunity to skip eighth grade and go to high school. That seems so right for Gordo. I mean, he's the whiz kid. Yes. Then I wrote down this conversation that they had at lunch whenever Gordo tells Lizzie and Miranda about this opportunity. And Miranda is like, the whole point of middle school is to give us something to do before we go to high school, pretty much. They were saying like, oh my gosh, like you can drive a car and you can, like I can't remember the other examples they give, but I mean, it doesn't change your age if you're skipping to high school. So it's funny, like he can't just like magically drive a car because he's in high school. Right, yeah. I mean, Lizzie and Miranda definitely had this super exciting uh, outlook on what high school was about to be for Gordo. Um, And yeah, they think it's a great idea until they realize he'd be leaving them behind. And then it's just like a shift in everything. I mean, Lizzie is so sad. And honestly, which we'll get to the line at the end with the inner thought uh, about why she was missing Gordo so much. But this is really like a big step in, you know, I think the direction of what's to come for Lizzie and Gordo. Yeah, I think so too. I made a com a note about that too. That it's the entire episode. She's very like, just say something. And I'm like, well, what is she really trying to say? And that's interesting too, because most of the time in the show, we see Gordo as the one who's like, you know, wanting Lizzie or, you know, and here it's like, oh no, Lizzie's kind of wanting Gordo too. Yeah. So let's talk about Matt's storyline. He is trying out for cheerleading, he and Lanny. And I have to say, I do not think that this, the way that they do this would be done this way today. Because basically, Sam, his dad, is saying that cheerleading is girly. And he's confused as to why Matt is trying out. And so they go through this whole thing where he's trying to do male bonding with Matt, which doesn't go super well. 
And Joe, the mom, is like, well, that's total BS. And there's this whole moment where Joe actually fixes the pipe underneath uh, the sink when Sam can't fix it. So so what do you think about that? So, okay, I had the same thought as you. Like, I didn't think that this episode would still be made today because of all of that. But because of Joe fixing the sink and, like, having that moment where she's like, he can do whatever he wants, I felt like it would still like it was still ahead of its time, I think, mm-hmm. especially to have the female in the show like standing up for her son in that way. So I think it would be done a little bit differently. But I think the the overall message of it is like pretty good for even today. And Sam eventually comes around to the idea of supporting Matt. But I think today, like it would make his character look so bad. For the character of Sam, I, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, so that's true. Um, he does have redemption at the end, and like I said, he comes around. And let's just go ahead and finish up their storyline because Matt and Lanny all of a sudden become like world class gymnasts, and they definitely had stunt doubles. They definitely did, but it was still a really fun scene. Yeah. I did make some notes about some of Matt's cheers here, and we got another cheer similar to what he said in the last episode about Girl Who Makes Me Hurl. And he's like, Lizzie, Lizzie, she's our girl. She's the girl who makes me hurl. So memorable. So memorable. Yeah, that was good. At the tryouts for cheerleading, Matt and Lanny, I mean, the little girl who is in charge of cheer tryouts, so annoying. Ugh. Worse. (laughs) Yes. And she's like, we are looking for five new girls and only one new boy. But Matt and Lanny, they try out at the same time. And then she's like, who's it going to be? We only have one boy uniform. And then they were like, you know, no one splits up Matt and Lanny. So they're like, bye, Audi, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I loved that scene. I think this was a really good episode for a lot of different reasons, but I really loved their friendship and how they just don't turn on each other like they are both so supportive of each other that they wouldn't do it without the other yeah I'm glad that wasn't the storyline you know where it wound up being a competition between both of them yeah because they could have gone that way Matt says you know we didn't do it and now we're going to join the circus which is so Matt I mean he moves on from one thing to Mm -hmm. another in every episode so but back to our main story here Gordo he goes to high school which his high school, everything was so bland. Like, did you notice that that they took out all the color and then we went back to middle school with Lizzie and Miranda and it's super colorful and all this. And I, I was like, okay, so they're really trying to make a contrast here between how bad things are at high in high school for Gordo and how, you know, middle school is so much better. Well, I will say that for me, I did enjoy middle school more than high school. So there's that. I honestly, I, no, I would have to say high school more than middle school. Um, but Lizzie is devastated when Gordo leaves and he's like, I'll miss you guys, but I'll see you around. And so, yeah, he's at high school and things are so bad for him there. Everyone looks 10 feet taller than him. And Gordo's kind of overwhelmed. There's this whole thing where he's kind of moving through the hallway, but not really moving. And he's holding all these books. And a student makes Gordo pay for an elevator pass, which turns out not to be a thing. Back at uh, the middle school, though, Lizzie is, like I said, super devastated. And Miranda is trying to tell her, you know, it's a good thing for Gordo. We should support him. And they're kind of questioning. Like, Lizzie's like, I just didn't think about how I'd feel. And Miranda says, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. And Lizzie's like, I just miss him. So it was uh, interesting. I think is that like the first time in the series that she has that feeling? No, there's there's also a moment earlier in the show. I think it's season one 
where we hear that like Lizzie had a crush on Gordo in like elementary school or something and they kind of make fun of that. No, I definitely think it's one of the first indications that like Lizzie has feelings for Gordo. Yeah. So after his first day, Gordo, really bad time. He had to eat lunch all alone. He gets off the bus and Lizzie is there. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I love animated Lizzie's line for that. Her response is, I'm here being happy for you, you big doof. (laughs) Because she's just not happy. But perfect example where animated Lizzie says what she's really thinking. And, you know, Gordo, he acts like he had a good day. And Lizzie just wants to ask if he missed her. And that keeps building. Uh, And so we see later that Lizzie and Miranda are looking through a scrapbook of their memories, which I was like, this is a lot, Lizzie. Like, this is a lot. He's been gone one day and we're already looking through scrapbooks. I thought that was kind of weird, too. It's not like he died. He just went to a different school. And they had sad music and, like, Joe came over and talked to them. It was a little dramatic. But then again, you know, it has to be. It's a TV show, so it's okay. But Gordo shows up eventually and he comes over and he's like, well, he actually, uh, he admits that he hates high school. And animated Lizzie at that point still wants to tell Gordo that she missed him. And real life Lizzie finally says it. And Gordo says that he missed her too and Miranda and that he's coming back to middle school. And they uh, they end up telling him, you know, they'll support him 100% whatever he wants. And he wants to come back. So he's coming back. And at the very end of the episode, we actually see animated Lizzie again, like questioning, why did I miss him so much? And it's just like, hmm, so setting things in motion. And, oh, I love the last line. Gordo was telling them that he's going to sell them his elevator pass when they're in high school. So, which is not even a thing. So, yeah. Okay. Episode 18 now is called Party Over Here. It premiered September 20th, 2002. And Lauren, would you like to kind of take the reins on this one? Sure. So this episode, we find that it is Kate's 14th birthday. And she's throwing this massive party. She has an invitation that includes that we see in the first scene of the episode of like a bunch of people singing a song to tell everybody that her birthday is coming up and to invite them to the party. And um, But the big thing about this is that there are no parents at this party. She has Amy, who is played by Haley Duff, which is really fun to see her in the show. She's the chaperone for the party. And uh, is she the cousin or the sister? I can't remember. She's the older cousin who's only 18. Ooh. Ooh, very, very scandalous. So she has... Her older cousin chaperoning and Mrs. McGuire is not for it and is not going to allow Lizzie to attend. So basically the whole premise of this one is Lizzie, of course, schemes and lies and goes to the party anyway. And that's kind of the gist of the show. So we can break it down from there. Yes. And whenever Joe and Lizzie have this kind of confrontation at the beginning about Lizzie not being allowed to go, we hear Joe say, Elizabeth Brooke McGuire, which is her full name. And I just love that. Like, it's so good because Lizzie gets a little attitude here about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's funny, too, because like they want to go so badly because it's the cool kid party and they're so excited to even be invited. And so, of course, she's being a brat about it when her mom tells her she can't go. Miranda, her parents say she can't go either. 
Gordo's parents say that he can go. Yeah. And I loved Gordo's thing because I could relate to this so much because I was kind of a goody two-shoes. And Gordo in this episode is trying, like, his thing is like, I'm bad. Like, he's going to be bad now, but not really. Yeah. And he even is like, I'm supposed to be at the party, but I'm hanging out with you guys instead. Like, ooh, I'm bad. Yeah. Um. Lizzie and Miranda kind of decide, well, we're going to just go anyway. And they come up with this plan to have Lizzie's mom take them to the mall. And then they're going to ride the bus from the mall to Kate's party. And Gordo, you know, he goes along. Even though Gordo's allowed to go, like you were saying, he he went with them instead and, like, went along with their plan to sneak, uh, sneak to the party. So Matt's storyline... He and Sam are going to be the spokespeople for, or the spokesfamily for this cardio punch sports drink. And I think that Jake Thomas actually posted either, it was something related to this. I think it was actually the bottle on his Instagram story in the past few years, which I just like sent me into nostalgia overload because I did remember this whole punch uh, situation. Yeah. But they go on this set and Zachary Pinto from the Star Trek movies is the director, which, I mean, he wasn't even famous at that time, so that's kind of amazing. But they're filming a commercial for this punch, and Sam, not only is he camera shy, he's also scared of heights, and in the video, they're actually supposed to be rock climbing, and they're going to, like, climb up to get the punch or whatever, and that does not go well. And uh, the director is mad at Sam, and I wrote down the line that he says because it was very offensive. And he's like, he calls Sam 180 pounds of useless fat. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a little harsh, especially for Disney. I know. It's like, dang, guys. Um, but at that point, like, Matt repels down and he goes, off on this director and I love how everyone on the set starts clapping and at first I was like oh that's kind of cute they're like clapping for Matt's amazing speech but then I was like no this director is a jerk and everyone on set is clapping because Matt just went off on him so yeah and we'll talk about how that ends in a second and how the commercial turns out but jumping back over to Lizzie's storyline do you want to talk about what happens when they go to the party or actually the mall first because they like had a an outfit change at the mall, which I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, they change their outfits. They put on some more makeup. They are just like really getting ready for the coolest party of the year. And they get to the party. And of course, it is absolutely crazy because cousin Amy is not the best chaperone and invited all of her friends. And there's not one single person that they recognize from school there. And it's just insane. Like I think moments after getting in the door, Lizzie is picked up and is like crowd surfing and she hates it. And it's very scary. I've done that before. I don't recommend it. So I understand her. And it's just a house party that is out of control because there are no parents there, just like Lizzie's mom knew would happen. So they, you know, they're going all around the party trying to figure out if they know anybody and they accidentally open a closet door to put their jackets away and they see cousin Amy, Haley Duff, and they're making out with somebody and it's seven minutes in heaven and she says like, wait your turn. And it's just so funny because they're horrified. And then they find Kate and Kate doesn't know anybody either and she's having the worst time at her own party. And so they try to help by... uh I guess they help by calling Lizzie's mom. 
That's what Lizzie decides to do. And I love how her reasoning behind that was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like the parents love when we, you know, call them or whatever and admit that we were wrong and then they'll forgive us and not punish us. But that doesn't work out. Um, Backing up to the seven minutes in heaven, I cannot believe, I mean, I guess I can believe it because Disney Channel was a little more edgy back in the early 2000s. But I was like, oh my gosh, they put this on Disney Channel. Yeah, they did. They went there. Amy, Haley Duff is just the worst here. I made a note about that. I'm like, dang, Amy. And like how she, well, I mean, first of all, she invited all her friends to the party and that's who's there. Kate's friends didn't even show up because like there was no chaperone and none of the parents would let them come. Amy got a strawberry cake instead of chocolate like Kate wanted. And then Kate's face gets smashed into the cake. So poor Kate. I mean, I felt for Kate here. Which is one of the rare times that I feel for Kate. Yeah, well, they do like to have some moments where Kate's like a normal person for a second. And to just, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Kate's just a very insecure girl. And that's why she acts the way that she does. Lizzie and Kate actually have a really good moment in this episode. And that's when they decide to call Lizzie's mom is because she sits down with her and she's like, Kate, let me help you. Like this, this party sucks, basically, is the whole sentiment. Like this isn't your birthday. Like, let's, let's get these people out of your house. That's when Joe shows up. And I love, love when like Joe's at home, she answers the phone and she's like watching a movie, having a moment, crying. And then Lizzie calls and she's like, oh, I'm there. And she just comes in there and just gets down to business, which, by the way, when she showed up, there were bubbles everywhere, which I was like, there are a lot of bubbles going on right now. I guess that's their version of a rave. I don't know, but it was pretty funny. I I do want to say that I like this episode for a few different reasons, but one of them is because I like when Joe is a parent and Lizzie tries to act like her mom is the worst in the world or like doesn't know what she's talking about. But in the end you find out that like, yeah, there were no other kids from their school there because there were no chaperones. Like her mom was right. Lizzie shouldn't have been there. She was just doing the right thing as a mom protecting her kids, which is like reminiscent of the bra episode because, you know, she wants to shop for the bra by herself and her mom wants to help her. And then she realizes that everybody shops with their moms to get bras. And I just, I like those moments where it's not weird to have your mom around and your mom is right sometimes. And I like when they show that. I love Hallie Todd in this moment, too. I mean, so great. That's who plays Joe. And she just comes in there and she's like, I am your worst nightmare. I am a mother on a mission. And she clears out that party. And uh, Kate actually thanks Mrs. McGuire. Very sincere. And then this might have been like my favorite moment, honestly. So... If you've seen the episode where Gordo does the hidden camera situation, we know that like Kate got held back a year and is like a year older than everyone. And so Joe says, what a way to celebrate your 15th birthday. And Kate's like, actually, it's my 14th. And Joe replies, right. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was that was a dig. That was good. Mm hmm. Shade, shade. So yeah, Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo are grounded, and there's like a three-way call situation, which I always love when we see that. Mm -hmm. And at the very end of the episode, we actually see Matt's commercial, and it's edited so that it looks like he's going off on an animated dragon. So instead of the director, we see him like, you know, just letting this animated dragon have it. And Sam's not even in the in the video, as it turns out, but he thinks he's the cardio punch. drink so yeah honestly I love this episode like this is a really good one yeah I liked this one too so the next episode here is called 
She Said, He Said, She Said, and it premiered on November 22nd, 2002. I didn't realize as a kid, it's basically a Breakfast Club episode. Yeah, it is. I love that about it now that I am, you know, more familiar with The Breakfast Club. But how great is that? Like for a kid show where kids don't even know that movie, for them to throw that in there for the parents. So I find that they do a lot of humor for parents in children's shows, which is really interesting because you don't catch it till you're older. But when I babysit or nanny or anything like that, I always like our la- I'm always laughing at jokes that the kids have no idea why I'm laughing. Right. I honestly don't have quite as many notes on this episode, so it may not take us too long to get through it. But, you know, it starts out, there's a food fight, and Lizzie gets caught about to throw food. Shout out to Phil Lewis from The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, who plays the principal, Mr. Tweedy. He was Mr. Mosby on The Sweet Life. And he catches Lizzie, Kate, and Larry. And they have to clean up the cafeteria now. And he also wants them to write a paper explaining who started this food fight. This also made me think of Max Keeble's big move. I don't know if I've seen that. You haven't seen that? Okay. It's on Disney+. Plus, so They have like two food fights in that movie. So basically what happens is that Lizzie, Kate, and Larry are the breakfast club here. But they are telling the stories of how the food fight started to each other. They're each telling their own version. And Kate's version is first, which is super like dreamy and Kate is a princess and everyone loves her. But there are similar things that happen in each of their stories. Miranda has a rash in each of them, which I could not figure out what was the significance of Miranda's rash here. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't I didn't understand. The other thing that is similar in all three of their stories is that this one boy who we learn his name later, but he is pushed, you know, trips, whatever. He sits down in a chair, falls down rather, and a lunch tray flips, food flies, and then the food fight begins. And so that's like the common thing, the rash and the boy. And uh, Kate, after she tells her story, which is just so like not the truth, she tries to get Lizzie to side with her and blame Larry. And Lizzie's like, no, no. And then we get Larry's version, which did you, are you a Matrix fan? I've never really got, I'm I'm not really big into that. I'm not. And to be completely honest, I did fast forward a little bit of this because it's not my favorite. (laughs) It's just, it's kind of weird. And I don't know, but Larry is a Matrix version. And like I said, I don't have too many notes on this because it just, it didn't capture my interest too much. But Larry says that the guy who trips and falls actually slipped on a banana peel, which I was like, okay. And then once again, the food flies, and Larry dodges the food in the same way that the Matrix guy does, which I've never actually seen those movies, but I got the reference, and I've seen what they were, you know, remaking there. And so, again, Larry's story, not exactly true, but uh, he tries to get Lizzie to gang up on Kate, who is snoring at this point, which I was like, okay. Um, But Kate still heard them. Before we get to Lizzie's version of the food fight, Matt and Lanny's story here. This is one of those episodes where I was like, I'm not really feeling Matt's story. Matt and Lanny basically play hooky after they miss the bus going back to school on a field trip. So they spend the afternoon just kind of wandering around and doing things. And we barely see what they're doing except for like in little flashbacks and There's one point where Sam spots them and doesn't really know what's going on. And so they get caught and they get in trouble. And that's basically all that happens with them in this episode. Okay, 
Lizzie's story about the food fight. So Lizzie is the one who has the real story, the reality. At least that's how I feel. And her story just didn't have like hyper reality or anything like that going on. Miranda's rash. We find out that she got it from lotion she borrowed from Lizzie. So I was like, okay, still random. Thank God we found out. Yes, thank goodness. Um, Lizzie spills her drink at lunch. She goes to get napkins and she like gets in the way of the guy who trips. So they're doing that whole thing where like you're in a hallway with someone and you got to pass each other and whatnot. The guy trips anyway. He falls. The food flies. And so all their stories have that one thing in common. And Lizzie figures it out. And she's like, the one thing we have in common is Gustav. And I'm like, who is Gustav? We've never heard of this guy. Yeah. But that's the guy who trips and basically starts the food fight. They come to the conclusion that none of them really started the food fight. But Lizzie's saying, you know, none of us tried to stop it either. And so they decide not to, you know, put Gustav on the paper that they have to write for the principal. And they're like, it's not his fault. And so... We don't find out what they wrote on the school paper until the very end when Principal Tweedy finds the essay. He's reading it and we hear, you know, it doesn't matter who started it because we're all responsible. So we cleaned up the cafeteria together and they they write signed the lunch bunch, which, you know, it's cute. I liked the breakfast club thing, but I'm kind of with you on this. Like it really it's not necessarily my favorite episode like it felt kind of like a a throwaway episode like it's one that I'm like eh like what really happened here but kind of a cute message about taking responsibility I guess yeah I mean the message is fine it's just not one I would rewatch. but you know what I gotta be honest I'm never a fan of any kind of flashback episode or dream sequence that's just not my vibe unless they're flashing back to actual episodes we've seen before I'm just not a fan I just hate those type of episodes that does happen quite a bit in Lizzie McGuire like little dream sequences and that sort of thing Um, yeah and I always am just like uh, uninterested but it's nothing against Lizzie McGuire because my favorite show of all time is Grey's Anatomy and they do that all the time gotcha gotcha so that is he said or that is She said, he said, she said. Yeah. And our last episode to discuss here today, Lauren, it's called Extreme Xmas, which is technically the Christmas episode. It premiered on December 6th, 2002. Obviously, a lot of people consider the Aaron Carter episode as the Christmas episode. Like if you asked someone just randomly, what's the Christmas episode of Lizzie McGuire? They're probably going to remember the Aaron Carter episode and not this, even though Steven Tyler is a guest star in this. Well, I think that's because at the age that we're watching Lizzie McGuire, we care more about Aaron Carter than we would about Steven Tyler. We didn't know who Steven Tyler was, really. Like, I knew him from probably the rock and roller coaster at Walt Disney World. And then <laughs> and then when he was on American Idol, I remember even being like, oh, that's the guy from Lizzie McGuire. Even then, like, it was like, I don't know... Like, I didn't know a lot of Aerosmith songs. Now I know more of, you know, obviously who they are and some of I the I definitely songs, knew but. who he was and I liked him. But I obviously liked Aaron Carter more. So that stuck with me more than this one did. I'll just be honest up front. I think the way that you felt about the Food Fight episode is how I feel about this one. Like, I don't really love this episode. Okay, so here's the thing. I didn't love it. And why? Because there is that whole dream sequence, by the way. I don't know if you remember, but she does have a dream. But I actually don't hate this episode. I would probably watch it again. I just don't think it's my favorite, but I liked it. 
it got me like there were some Christmas fills in there. And we got to point out Lauren again, like Lauren was on the Santa Claus Lane episode and Lauren celebrates Hanukkah. And there is actually so you're Jewish and there is actually a moment for Gordo in this who is Jewish. Yeah. When she gives him latkes. Yeah. Oh, I love latkes. First of all, Um, Hanukkah food is actually my favorite food. I like it more than like Honestly, I like it more than Thanksgiving food. So I thought it was really funny that he's just like over latkes because he gets them all the time. But I consider him lucky because I don't get latkes ever. I get latkes one time and it's the night that my family decides to get together for Hanukkah. So I think that he's being a little selfish because latkes are so good. No, well, I obviously like was so excited when I saw that moment. I was like, oh my goodness, we have something for Lauren to say. I'm so happy. At the beginning, we see Steven Tyler dressed as a Santa Claus, and he's at a toy drive where Lizzie and Gordo are in line for, and he has, like, this scraggly little beard, and I love how Lizzie's like, oh, scraggly beard and no gut, as they kind of analyze the Santa Claus there. But the story kind of gets set up here that Lizzie is making a float for the Christmas parade, and the float is Rock and Roll Christmas, which might know that would be the theme. And then we have Steven Tyler. So we see where this is going. Um, the first prize is a ski trip, like if she wins for the float contest. And there was a great animated Lizzie oh, line. Oh, wait, yes. Um, she talks about Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. She's like, it'll be a great Christmas if I win the ski prize, especially if that's Freddie Prince Jr. at the bottom, talking about the bottom of the float. And then she skis down, animated Lizzie, and she's like, no, it was a moose. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But shout out to Freddie Prince Jr. I made a note that Larry is making a Star Wars float. Kate and her cousin Amy, they're paying carpenters to make Jingle Bug, and it's going to be Bugs. And the carpenters are actually those two guys that are Sam's friends with a chimp. Did you notice that? Yes. Another important character in this episode is a guy called Nobby. He's Nobby Frosty Bump, the elf. He's like Santa's helper. He thinks he's a real elf for Santa, and I guess maybe he is because he works some magic later. But anyway, his storyline is that the pipes have burst at his retirement home, and he winds up staying with the McGuire's and Matt has a little bit of a storyline with Nobby, and he had shown Nobby his Christmas list, and Nobby was like, are you a good boy? And then after that, Matt tries to be especially good for him. But the family, they come to help Lizzie on her float, and then they decide to leave with Nobby, and they actually decide to help him go and work on the pipes, even, at one point. So so Lizzie, like, doesn't have any help, and eventually Gordo, like, leaves to go help with the pipes, too. And I gotta say, I was like, you know, I don't know how I feel about this, because I was getting a little annoyed by the fact that, like, Lizzie needed help, too. Like, am I, am I terrible for saying that? Um, no, I don't think you should feel terrible. I think somebody should have stayed behind to help. Not everybody needs to be underneath those pipes, like, barely doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. All right. So... So Lizzie gets left all alone to work on her float. And she's like, but what about my float? And she gets exhausted and she's alone and she falls asleep. And that's when we get the dream sequence. So it's basically a take on A Christmas Carol. And so she's got like the ghost of Christmas past. Honestly, it's a it's a mesh of things. So Gordo shows up as an elf who wants to be a dentist, which is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, the little elf in that movie who wants to be a dentist. And he's like, why are you so obsessed with this float, Lizzie McGuire? Joe is 
the ghost of Christmas past. And she says, Lizzie is obsessed with winning. She's not enjoying Christmas with the rest of them. And Lizzie starts to question, you know, what's the meaning of Christmas? Then we have this moment where Matt shows up as a shepherd and he recites scripture and is telling the story of the birth of Jesus. And he's like, that's the real meaning of Christmas, Lizzie McGuire. And I was like, wow, we just like went full on like Christianity in here. And I was like, that's probably something you don't see much on Disney Channel, but okay. Yeah. And then Sam shows up in the dream too. And he's like, I do a really great wise man. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Miranda's not in this episode, but she's not. And this would have been like when Lelaine, I guess, was kind of off doing her own thing. And they never reference her in this either, which is strange because a lot of the episodes that she's not in, they're always like, oh, she's on vacation or she's sick or whatever. So Yeah. Okay, we're at the end of the dream now, Lauren. Lizzie says, you know, she should focus on helping others and not winning for herself. This is when we get a Grinch moment and there's rhyming just like in the Grinch, and she says, the pipes are two sizes too small. So Nobby has, like, given her this epiphany that the pipes are too small. So when she goes to help everyone, she, you know, first tells them that she shouldn't care about her float winning first prize, and she knows the solution for the pipes. And she says it just came to her. But, you know, we know, like, Nobby might actually be a magical elf. I don't know. Let's talk about this parade. What the heck was that stock video that they used? The stock video? Well, just basically like some video that it looked like from a parade that had been on TV or something. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. It was ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, did we not have it in the budget to film our own parade here? What's going on? Well, to finish off this episode, because like I'm so over it at this point, but there's the parade and, you know, the pipes, they got fixed. And Lizzie said it's the best Christmas ever. And Lizzie's float comes down the parade, even though she didn't finish it. And she's so confused. And then she's like, I think I know who finished it. Santa Claus and Nobby, I guess. And yeah. then Steven Tyler is singing Santa Claus is coming to town, which I kind of love. Like, I'm not mad about that. Like, I love that version and it's great yeah i actually do too i think it's really fun and gordo has a line here where he's like so you're saying santa finished the float then turned into steven tyler yeah that's about where we're at with this episode my last note here is just about the weird jump cuts that they had because it goes from steven tyler to like close-ups in a wide shot and to lizzie and then some of that stock parade footage and it's just all over the place and i'm like oh my gosh there's too much happening here like i said not I I don't know, not my favorite episode, and I would definitely pick the Aaron Carter episode, like, over this to watch at Christmas time. Definitely. Well, I feel like you kind of had two duds there, but you also had two really great episodes for sure. Three, if you want to say, moving on up there, too. But Inner Beauty Party over here, two solid, solid episodes, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. As we finish up today, Lauren, it is time for... Quizzy McGuire, and I have a trivia question for you. It's actually a question that you and Jeanette talked about on your podcast. Oh, no. And I just want to see if you remember it. Oh, no. (laughs) I think you'll get it. I think you'll get it. Okay. So just to set it up before I ask the actual question. So prior to Lizzie McGuire, Hilary Duff was cast in a show for NBC. Okay. I knew you were going to ask me this one. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well... So she was in the pilot, and then she got replaced by twins. And it kind of sent her into this hole of, like, I'm not going to do acting anymore. So it's, it's kind of a big part of her story, for sure. Can you tell me what the name of that show was, the NBC show? No. 
I can't. No. <laughs> what was it? Well, it stars Michael Chiklis, and it's called Daddy-O. Yeah, I knew it was something stupid. <laughs> it got two seasons, 18 episodes. Probably could have gone longer with Hillary. Hillary Duff was better off without it. Absolutely. And she probably wouldn't have been able to do Lizzie if that show had like gone on and been a success or anything, which it wasn't. But um, it is important for her story because she really wanted to quit acting after that. I mean, she was, you know, totally bummed that they replaced her and Disney called and really talked her into coming out for Lizzie and the rest is history, obviously. So yeah. So yeah. Well, Lauren, this has been super fun and it's always great to talk with you. Yeah, I always love coming on. Have me back anytime. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff. Duff.